Welcome to Y11 Audio, Ipsy's College Football Podcast and your home for year-round EMU coverage. I'm Alex Alvarado. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're a returning listener, I appreciate you subscribing. If you're new here, hey, now's a good time to do so. Um, again, I appreciate your continued support. As you know, I have been to Eastern's football practices. Not all of them. Uh, not all of them have been open. I haven't been to one since Friday. This is Monday morning as we record. Monday, early afternoon, actually. Um, the last practice, last camp I've been to was on Friday. It was their ninth practice. Monday, they just wrapped up their 11th. So there is some action that I haven't been able to see that I have some missed. Uh, so I, as many notes as I have, they're not totally complete. And they're not, they weren't going to be, right? That was never going to be the game. But... I have been to the practices. A lot of people uh, who you probably know in the media have not. So if you're looking for Eastern football coverage that uh, is very careful and is delicate and actually like cares about, you know, not so much about like the wins and loss part about Eastern Michigan, but like the coverage of it, you know, the understanding of it, the, the telling of Eastern football through the eyes of not the university. You know, because I'm not directly affiliated with the university in any way. I'm doing this totally independently. If you want great coverage of it, if you want to hear more of what's going on in practice, to hear more of the voices, hear more of the sounds like you just did to open the show, and you're going to hear more throughout the show. If you want to hear and know more about Eastern Michigan football, Eastern Michigan athletics, this newsletter, this podcast, this is definitely going to be the way to go. Check out ipsy11.com, check out this podcast, subscribe. You, you know how to do all the signups. Just hit all the buttons, just turn on all the notifications, bing, bang, boom, uh, www.turnoneverynotification.com. But no, you don't really have to do that. Just head over to the newsletter, sign up for the free updates. At some point, at some point, I'm going to put up a paywall, but like, I need to figure out what my balance of everything is going to be because I really do value having most if not all of everything i write just available and open i think that's there's a huge importance to it but i also think that i have bills to pay and i also think that i'm doing a lot of hard work that you want to see out of a lot of other media outlets and i want to fill that void you know i have been wanting to and now i'm like really pushing forward all the effort that i have to make it all possible um, and hopefully so far I've been able to show that through my newsletter, and my podcast. So your support right now it's free. I don't have anything set up until I feel comfortable rolling out a real plan that I can explain coherently right now. I'm just not there yet. I just wanted to let you know that'll eventually be the plan, but until then, please enjoy everything for hundred percent free. And please, if you have friends that love Eastern Michigan sports, if you love friends that love Maction, et cetera, send them our way. It'll be fun. I'm looking to looking to grow, of course, for this community. Uh, so far, it's been, you know, it, the size of it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what does matter is that everybody that signed up loves what they've signed up for so far. And they really love the discussion matter because it's a discussion matter that you're not going to just see on The Athletic every day or ESPN or your local newspaper. Anyways, that's the short of those announcements. Uh, I didn't mean to start out too heavy there, but... That is that. Just wanted to make you aware. Um, what you will see on ipsy11.com right now, um, I'm still going through like weekly positional previews. Last one I did was defensive line after I did offensive line. 
um, before that. And then I did the whole offense. Right now, I just have a couple more things on defense to do. Uh, I got linebackers and special teams coming up this week. Then I have defensive backs rolling out next week. And then we are looking at the start of the season, which I am very, very excited for. Yeah, man, backyard brawls coming. I know that's not matching, but like that's one of the first, you know, opening week games that like I'm super, super excited for. Because, uh, yeah, I love Eastern football and all that stuff. But, like, I love college football, too. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, just generally love. I, I just love getting ready for college football. And I love that we're getting out of, you know, we're finishing up preview mode. We're finishing that up. And now we're like, okay, now let's actually talk ball. Let's actually talk ball. Please, ESPN and Big Ten and Fox and all of you, shut up. Okay, so the main thing that I do want to get to today, there were some other topics I wanted to hit on, but I figured I just, I wrote out a whole list of names that I, guys that I've seen in camp that I just want to highlight for one reason or another. Not that I really want to highlight, highlight, but just like, hey, they're there. I want to talk about them. This is, you know, talking season. This is brewing season. This is secret season. So, uh, you know, what, uh, what can we actually talk about of this football team right now before week one and the season actually gets going um camp's been exciting there's a lot of you know great exciting parts there's a lot of senior leadership there's a lot of you know freshmen that are getting after it there's some impressive parts there's some you know parts where you're like okay that needs to improve that needs to improve you know it's 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 fun you know it's for me you know watching uh just just watching these guys just like get after it every day it's just it has just been uh very very fun to you know, know that football is back. This is truly what it is. A lot of people, when they think of football season, they think of the tailgates, they think of the parties on Saturday, they think of flying a flag of their alma mater's emblem on there, you know, think of all that stuff. But I think of the sport as truly like these guys going through a true grind. And I have to appreciate that more than I appreciate the tailgates, which is absolutely true. Like I, that is what I do love. I love the part of these guys getting better and i love watching it i love watching the building blocks happen so for on the record like yeah football happens 12 13 14 if you're that good at it 15 times a year um but for these guys football happens for months for many days of the week for many hours of the day for many sleepless nights for many you know restless mornings football happens for these guys many many hours of their days and Part of this experience of trying to learn more about the football team that is in this community is to watch the grind of it, you know, the hard parts. I'm, I'm not saying I got to watch them roll out of bed at freaking 4.30 in the morning or anything like that, but the, the practice part, that is very, very essential. It's as essential as, you know, the recruiting coverage, which, you know, as you know, I've, I try, I do my best to like keep up with it and, you know, try to meet some of the recruits that come in that are like on the radar, this, that, and the other. I try to single out some players that I want you to know through that process, too. That's all important, too. Those are part of the building blocks, too. You can't have guys on practice until you recruit them into the facilities, of course. But now they have to actually go through it, and that's that's when the reel gets going. So essentially, what I have right here, I have one, two, three, four, about 30 names right here um, that I just want to single out for a bunch of different reasons. I have them grouped up. Um, I have some seniors. I have guys that are hurt. Uh, and everything in between. I'm going to try to keep this around 30 minutes, but I'm not going to do a great job at it knowing me. Uh, about a handful of guys that are hurt or just haven't participated. 
um, started out in camps, but have not made it, uh, you know, at least through uh, camp episode nine, I guess. Uh, how Ali Abdul Ali Abdul Bar, Aishan Stewart, Hamza El Zayat, uh, three receivers. Ali Abdul Bar is like a, I think he's a freshman. He's a walk on status, I believe. This the the speed that he was at least participating at. He stopped practicing about good. I don't I don't know. It was in the first half. Like he announced it on Twitter that he tore his ACL, so he's going to miss the twenty twenty two season. Uh, he was at least keeping up with the twos like he was at I don't know if he was going to be on pace to play in 2022 I'm not going to go so far to say that but I will go so far to say that he was on pace to at least be on the field in 2023 and beyond uh he had that kind of potential to him at least run with the twos this year and going into next year too I think he was in a good spot for that um he was he well positioned himself in his early goings so I'm excited for him to bounce back from this ACL tear because that's really nasty and you know he, you know he's a Georgian guy that uh, Eastern would love to say that they got him out of the rough because I don't think he had any offers, uh, at least not any FBF offers. I'd have to double check that. Ishan Stewart he transferred in last year from Oregon State. Uh, Amzael Zayat transferred in this year from Fordham. Uh, Dearborn guy, uh, but he is coming in here for his grad and transfer year. Ishan Stewart I think he has one or two years left now, um, but they started out camp and I believe they are both hurt. Um, at least they haven't, they, they, at least they weren't in, uh, camp nine and Aaron Hamilton. He was on the two deep. He's a defensive end. He was on the, well, depth chart. I should say he was a third stringer, but I just have not seen him so far in camp. Uh, so nothing to report on him other than, you know, he just hasn't been there. All right. Looking at some seniors, I got about six guys here that I want to single out. Uh, I just want to start with Jose Ramirez. Uh, he's the voices that you've heard so far, just yelling in camp. You know, he's he was at Mac Media Day. He's really, really approachable. He's a really funny guy. Just really, really chill dude. Um, I he he's just been like, a lot of fun to watch and like a lot of fun to talk to. And he seems like a great leader. And you know, I'm not going to be surprised at all when he gets named camp uh, camp when he gets named captain for the team uh, once that becomes official. Um, I don't have any intel on that. I'm just saying. Uh, and I'm also going to say Russ Vaden for that. You know, Russ Vaden's been a great leader for the team. He's been great to listen to through spring, heading into fall. Um, both of those guys have been great leaders. A uh, thing I need to single about single out about Jose has nothing to do about his ability to play football or anything in that regard. It's just the number that he wears. He did wear number 55, uh, and I was listening to, and I don't listen to it often, but I was listening to the the Maxions called him action podcast uh and it sounds like jose and hassan badoon didn't realize that they were going to do a jersey swap uh here, here's what i mean uh why do you wear your tell us your number and, and why you picked that number really number four without playing yeah oh y'all laughing i'm dead serious oh <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, i just i got number four this year because i'm trying to be like I mean, there's a player on our team, and he like one of the best like players I've ever seen in in action. I just want to be just like him, so, so that's my number celebrity. But now for I got I got number four. Uh, well, number fifty five double nickels. I got it when I got here, and it wasn't I don't, I don't it wasn't no significance to it. It was just like you know my a number I got. But I got number four. Uh, first of all, because you know I'm, in my city, number four is a big number, but 
I always want, I, I wanted to dedicate like this season. Just, I feel like this year I've been going through like a real spiritual journey with God. And I feel like everything I got to do is for God's glory. So that's my significant on that. Why I chose that number. And a little bit has to do with Haas too though. So. Oh, you actually had number four this year? Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> Y'all want to be just like my boy. I didn't even know this. This is new to me. Hey, it's, it's new to me too. Yeah, I just found out. <laughs> but like I said, I'm trying to be like my, I'm trying to be like Hollis, man. I'm going to give you my necklace, bro. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. See, I'm part of the team. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. I love those guys so much. Uh, opposite of him. So Jose, his position on the field, at, uh, bowl number one, uh, that seems like a lock. Always seemed like it would be. Like last year, he was awesome. So why wouldn't he? Uh, two-time Mac defensive end. So yeah. Opposite of him, who really knows? Because after Mike Haney's injury, it was kind of like up in the up in the air. Uh, Carter Stagner, he's not around on the team anymore, so uh, there's already some depth concerns when that came to issue. But Grant Truman, you've heard his name before. Uh, seems like he's going to get his first starts as an Eagle now. He's played in 43 career college games. That's between Eastern and JUCO, but it's pretty split between there. Um, but yeah, I was kind of curious, like who's going to be the other defensive end. And so I asked, uh, defensive coordinator, Neil Nethery. Yeah. Uh, going off of that, you know, I was kind of looking at your guys' other DN spot opposite of Jose, you know, what are you guys seeing about the candidates that you're looking to see start opposite of Jose this year? Uh, it's, uh, uh, there's two things. One is, uh, Grant has had a really, really good camp, really, really good spring. He's just really solid and, uh, has probably I shouldn't say that. He's passed solid. He's been solid in years past. I think he'll be more of a playmaker force and more productive. And then, uh, you know, we've got some young guys there that uh, are going to have a chance uh, to be on the you know, If we started today, there's several people that would also get time. It's just going to see who comes comes out of that, uh, that group of guys. A couple of receivers in this group. Uh, I'm going to put Dylan Drummond and Dennis Smith both in this conversation. Dennis Smith has two years of eligibility. Dylan Drummond. Uh, just this one, Dylan Drummond, you know him, uh, started out as a true freshman, you know, got early playing time, grew into a starting role later on in the year, and has basically never really missed a game since then, except for like one, maybe two. Um, but on Friday at the last open practice that I was at, uh, he wasn't running with the receivers. It looked like he wasn't really like with the receiver drills, and like once the team was going like 11 on 11, uh, I mean, he was fully active in punt return drills. It's something that he's done since he was a true freshman as well. Um, it's That position is between him and Haas, really, but uh, that's a conversation for another day. But, no, it's actually a conversation for this day because Dylan Drummond, you know, it looks like he is mostly, if not entirely, moved over to special teams. Who's to say? Um, yeah, I, I would have loved to, you know, ask for a comment about that, but after that practice, it was only um, voices that you'll hear later on in the programs. Sam Sewell. Uh, assistant coach and special teams coordinator and running back Samson Evans, new RB1 on the team. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect there. I don't know if it's what what the logic is there. Uh, but Dennis Smith, he has done a really good job for himself this camp. Like, regardless of anybody that's around him, in front of him, behind him, whatever, all of that is subjective. That's just like, you know, name on paper, right? That's just ink on ink on paper. You know, when it comes to the end of the day, uh, him and Taylor Powell, some of that we're going to have to talk about later. Those two have connected pretty well. Like you kind of like, I don't know. It, it's just weird. Like 
like Ben Bryant, he seemed very, very comfortable and like loved, loved throwing to Dylan Drummond. And this new quarterback, Taylor Powell, it seems like he really loves throwing to Dennis Smith in practices so far. Uh, he has a lot of great receivers to throw to. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he's like, oh, I got to throw it to Zach Westmoreland. Oh, Hassan Badoon. Dang it. Oh, Tanner. They'll never catch. I'm like, no, like, these guys catch everything. But like he has, it's, it just seems like, you know, going through the motions of like their body language, like it seems like those two have a good quarterback to receiver connection. Uh, so I wonder if the coaching staff is trying to maximize something there in their football relationship. Um, last senior I want to point out really quickly, tight end Aaron Jackson. He has two years of eligibility still, looks like. Um, I don't know if he's going to play them both out. I'm, I don't know. I'm just speculating, I guess. I'm, I should probably edit that out. But Aaron Jackson, he is a – I generally don't don't know what to expect out of this tight end group other than I think everybody's going to play, I guess. Like, I think we're, we're going to see four guys this year out of this tight end group. Uh, four of them. But if I had to pick, if I were in charge of the team, I would pick number three, Aaron Jackson, to be my tight end one. Uh, I think he's built the most differently. And I think with this offense, which you love to throw the ball a lot. Like, this is an offense that shamelessly loves to throw the ball all over the place, if and when it can. Um, it needs a tight end. It needs a tight end to work. It needed, you know, Odukoye to go from, you know, he wasn't a receiver. Odukoye, if you rewind the tape a little bit, if you kind of, like, look back at, you know, uh, the Juco days that he was playing at down in, over in California which wasn't a, like a high level, like he wasn't playing for like City College San Francisco, right? Um, he wasn't a huge receiving threat, I don't believe. He was a big blocking threat. Like he was very respected. And even in his first goings on the field for Eastern in like 2019, I think 18 too. But he wasn't a huge like receiving guy. That wasn't really his thing. It was, you know, Bryson Cannon more so, the other Juco guy that they got, uh, who doesn't even wear gloves, he was more of the receiving threat than Odukoye. And then Odukoye, once he wore two, he was starting to get more involved in the pass game. Um, but they still need guys to produce over the middle out of that tight end game. You can only do so much with Gunnar Oaks uh, and Jir Gessemanger. I, I, I totally butchered his last name, 83. Uh, you can really only do so much with them. I, they're going to definitely see the field a lot. Uh, but... Aaron Jackson, I think, and I've talked about it before, just his profile, his build, because he did play quarterback in high school. He was a dual threat quarterback when he signed with the team. He even practiced with the team as a quarterback and all that stuff, his early goings with the team. Uh, now that he has that that ability that he kind of grew up with and like that kind of skinniness to him, then he bulked on on top of that. He has a different skill set than the other guys. And, like, his journey to being a D1 football player looks differently uh, than the other ones. So he's going to add something different in the offensive game uh, just, just a little bit. But, like, even generally, like, I think Aaron Jackson, I would just trust him generally just normal, you know, just, just regular every down plays. Like, if I had to say, you know, I want the offensive philosophy to base – to have – not a tight end by committee so much as like I would love all my tight ends to get involved, but I do want a tight end one to actually stand out in this room, which means one tight end has to see the field 50 to 60% of the time. Uh, if anybody out of this group, and I would pick number three, I think 
he has a lot of ability to move the ball, you know, down forward as, as a receiver. You know, I want to be clear, like as a receiver, like he he's a good option out of that tight end room. Uh, they have other options too, but Aaron Jackson right now, if I had to pick someone for 12 weeks this year to make a run at a MAC championship, perhaps Aaron Jackson, I would want the most out of his athleticism. Some new guys that we got to hit on. I got a lot of clips to share here. Uh, I'm going to pair two together here, but there's three running backs we're going to start with. First two we're going to start with uh, Sebastian Tolan, Elijah Jackson Anderson. Sebastian Tolan, he's a walk-on. I think he got started out at Northern Michigan a little bit. He's a 2018 high school graduate. Elijah Jackson Anderson just recently graduated. Uh, He's a new freshman on the team. I've liked both of them so far. And Sebastian Tolan... um, and in short order, uh, no pun intended, I would kind of give him the scouting. Um, my scouting report says that he is the tiny guy glitch from Madden, and uh, Elijah Jackson, and Elijah Jackson Anderson. Uh, you know, so far he's just been pretty good so far. I don't really have too many notes on there. Uh, I haven't been focusing too hard on the running backs like that. Uh, but yeah, here's uh, Coach Sewell. Talked about some of the, the new guys that are on here. What have you seen out of like Sebastian Tolan and um, and New uh, Thirty um, Elijah? You know, new guys that have come in and this is like their first camp with with Eastern. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen out of them? So I, we're super excited about Sebastian. Sebastian walked on to the team. Uh, he actually came to a walk on tryout. Yeah. And uh, you know, somebody like that is willing to walk on, go to a tryout, and, and just fight his way onto the team. Like that that fires you up. And it was a deal where when he walked on, uh, you know, he was down there on the scout team, and, and you know, the defense is saying every single day, like, hey, we can't tackle this kid. You know, we got, we're having problems. So we're excited about Sebastian. He's doing an excellent job, uh, and, and he knows the offense. He asks great questions. He takes great notes. Uh, so we're excited about him. And Elijah, as a young freshman, still figuring it out. I don't know if there's somebody on the team that plays harder every play than Elijah does, you know, whether it's offense or special teams. Uh, so we're, we're, we have some young guys we're, we're fired up about, you know, in the running back room. We don't have any seniors. So we've had these guys for a little while, and we're going to have them for a little while. Jalen Jackson is a shorter running back, uh, comes over from Lamar. He's definitely more the speed threat, definitely has really good hands. Um, so if I had to trust somebody to, you know, catch the ball to the backfield and make a big play, um, I, you know, I guess I would trust him over others. I don't know. He's kind of shown an ability with Lamar, uh, but he does have, you know, more to prove now that he's with Eastern, of course. But yeah, he, you know, unlike some other running backs, like he's in the mix or as is at least practicing with the, uh, the punt return guys, you know, he's kind of getting his reps in there and he's done pretty well. He hasn't like embarrassed himself out of the room and just like, no, 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 you're just a running back only. No, he's still hanging on there. He's still hanging on. Uh, so I kind of asked coach one more question. They're stronger than others in the running back room. Some guys are faster. Some guys have better hands. 
you know, and like one of the one of the transfers, Jalen Jackson, he's getting in on the uh, the punt and kick return action too. What's how important is it to have guys with different kind of skill sets all fit in the same running back room? Yeah, absolutely. So what we say all the time is that, you know, to be a great back, you have to be great in all facets, right? So you have to be able to run it, to catch it, and to, to protect the passer. And the way that we operate on offense, you know, we can't put guys in just to do certain things. This is not how we roll. Right? You got to go in there and do it all. Now, when it comes to building a room, we like guys of, of all shapes and sizes. You know? So you'll see Samson, who's 6'1", 230 pounds, and then you'll see Jalen Jackson, who's five foot seven, uh, 180 pounds. So we, we got guys of all types, right. all shapes and sizes. That's how we want it. We want a bunch of different skill sets. But when it comes down to those guys, you know, it's not like one guy says, oh, I just do these things. Mm -hmm. Even though maybe on Saturdays, those guys that do things a little bit more, okay? But, but when it comes to them, to a man, they're going to say, no, I have to be able to do it all. Jalen Jackson's 5'8", 165, just so you know I wasn't kidding about the small guy stuff. Um, Sebastian Toland, let me look at, let me, let me see where you at. He's listed at 5'8", 186, uh, so a little bit of a build on him. The smallest guy on the team, though, is Chris Gundy. Uh, incoming guy from from Navy, has full eligibility, 5'8", 158. Not even 160, 158 listed. Um, yeah, he looks every bit of it. Quick guy, though. I like him. He's got really quick hands, you know. And I mean that... And, and, like, securing the ball away. I mean, like, as soon as, like, the ball's in his hand, it's already, like, you know, cradled away. Now, can he compete at the D1 level yet? I don't really know. Uh, he's he's not, like, standing out with the ones in any really in any one category, but he is an interesting watch. Uh, he's kind of getting in the mix, you know, to be a slot receiver, of course, uh, and as a kick returner. If he's going to see the field this year, kick returner or punt returner, one of those two, those are going to be his entry points onto the field in 2022. But I don't think that the scope of his career is going to be like a breakout true freshman year. I don't think that's going to be really in the cards for him. But he is someone that like has kind of caught my attention because uh, he's the smallest guy on the team. But he's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. I like him. Darius Lassiter, he's a Juco receiver, wears number 10. Um, first year with the team, came over from Butler. 6'3", 200 pounds, has a couple years of eligibility. Uh, I think he still has a ways to go, but he's a good-sized target. Last I saw on Friday, he was running with the twos. Um, so I'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see if he actually does see the field too much this year. I don't. I don't know. I don't really know because they do have other big targets. Like uh, I'm going to mention them later, but like Zach Westmoreland, of course. You know, he's a returning guy that they felt. You know, they thought the world of him when they got him. So I wouldn't be surprised if. They're like, okay, we need a tall receiver. 84, you're out there. Um, I don't think Lazar is going to be the first pull for that. But, you know, I'm, I'm open to being, you know, wrong about that. I don't care. That, that's totally fine. But as of right now, uh, Lassiter, he's running with the twos, um, which is pretty good for him so far. Joe Sparaccio, he is the one of the two transfer linebackers, uh, comes over from Boston College, has one year of eligibility, actually was recruited by Chris Creighton and co. out of – high school um so yeah I, I you know was able to talk to him after one of the practices and was able to ask him one thing well a couple things actually you know I'm sure like when you're going through a big period when you're going from starting at one school transitioning to transfer over here you go from I want to be there to no now I actually belong now that you're going through it have you had that that second part that I just said where you're like no now now that I'm going through the motions now I actually belong here at Eastern yeah, I mean, ever since I really stepped foot here, I felt like I belonged here. Uh, like I said, the people here.
here was a big part of that. They, they made me feel welcome. Um, but this summer, or well, this spring and then into summer, um, getting to know the team, getting to know the coaches personally uh, was definitely uh, helpful in that and becoming a leader on the defense and the team. Um, I took strides toward that this, this offseason. And I understand you were recruited by this, this coaching staff out of high school too. Okay. You know, how important was that in your recruiting process and now that you're gelling yourself in here? Yeah, it kind of made it a no-brainer. Um, it was really a God thing. Uh, you know, when I was in the portal, um, Coach Nethering and Coach Creighton's name came up and I was like, oh my gosh, I kind of forgot about him a little bit. Um, but it was a no-brainer. Once, once, they, once they called me, it was this guy right here. <laughs> Uh, it was a no-brainer, uh, Coach Creighton and Coach Nethery. Uh, as soon as I talked to them, like it was, it was so easy, and it was really a blessing um, because I, I love it. So. And of course, like you're standing next to another transfer linebacker, and Chase Klein. How is it working alongside another experienced linebacker like him? Uh, it's great. You know, there's a lot of experience in our whole room, but it's, you know, Chase, you know, another Power Five guy coming in. Um, our whole room has experience. Uh, I know, like Terry left, but. Tariq, Justin, like I said, all those guys have experience and they were big helpers in uh, helping me under, understand the defense and, and teaching me uh, this offseason and the summer. A couple of cornerbacks that just came in from uh, the Juco routes as well, Joshua Scott, Keelan Gully. Uh, Keelan Gully, he, out of high school, was originally like an Iowa commit. Uh, that didn't happen, of course. And then Joshua Scott uh, came in from City College of San Francisco. He was in for the spring. Gully didn't come in until... Uh, the summer and now uh, camp, so uh, those two guys they're going to be working themselves into the cornerback you know cornerback playing room uh, definitely very soon. Joshua Scott I think is definitely ahead of the game. Um, I think he's yeah he's he's going to be a heavy piece in the rotation. Gully if if I had to pick has got like a little bit more of a ways to go out of the two, uh, but I don't think he's like um, like incompetent or like can't hang or anything like that you know I just think he's got a little bit more ways to go than the other guys that that are in front of him. I mean like there, there's a lot of returning pieces like I'm going to mention two guys that I think are going to start but then I'm still going to be leaving off like us a, a returning senior that they've been waiting to you know to come back which is like Corey Hernandez um but yeah those two cornerbacks you know they're two two new guys that are useful additions for the uh for that for that spot with some youth too Earlier I said the smallest guy on the team, Chris Gundy. Here's the biggest, Javon Brown, 345 from Independence Community College, uh, interior defensive lineman. Look, I don't I don't know exactly if he's going to be like a number two or a number three, probably a number three right now out of camp, but he's definitely going to see the field at some point. It's going to be way too hard to not have a guy like that. He has a lot of strength, man. I know I just told you he's 345, but yeah, he has a ton of strength. Uh, I do expect to see that on the field in some capacity i don't know if it's going to be as like the third interior defensive lineman or if he's you know somebody that shines in special teams at some point and blocks a kick i don't know how that's going to come through but it's going to be way too hard for guys to like especially like young linemen that are like entering their red shirt freshman year sophomore years it's going to be hard for them to go up against a guy like him especially if he like adds something quick to his game, and I don't, you know, I don't have like too great of a lens on that. But if he does have like something, something quick, something speedy off the line, to like really add an element to his three hundred forty-five pound advantage over a lot of people, uh, yeah, that's that that that'll be something to watch. 
last new guy to talk about, uh, Taylor Powell, of course. You know, he's solidly, you know, quarterback one. He's done well. I don't really have any anything too negative to say about him. Like, he's he's done fine. He's He has had his turnovers. You know, he hasn't been perfect. There have been some fumbles on handoffs. There have been some interceptions. But I'm not going to, you know, knock it too badly. I'm just not also going to make the world out of, you know, uh, how Creighton said that he completed 81% of his passes in the spring. I'm just not going to make too big of a deal out of that because I don't know if anybody's going to – I don't think he's going to, like, keep up with 80% into the season. That's just not not a sustainable thing. Uh, I also don't know if he's going to hit 70% in the season, but it would be interesting to see. Uh, it's always interesting to see. I hate saying that. But, yeah, uh, I did ask Samson Evans, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird question to ask a running back. You know, if I ask like the receivers, like, "Hey, you know, how are you helping your quarterback break into the system?" I've done that before, but for a running back, also the guy who you know he you do have to throw to him every once in a while. Um, Samson Evans, he's not entirely the captain of the team. You know, he does have a brother on the team, which is great. Uh, but he, you know, the twenty twenty season, it was kind of hard for him to get gelled with the team because you know just just everything of you know the COVID year and all that stuff. And then he caught mono the year after that. So it was kind of hard for him to like really stay with the team a hundred percent. But he has grown into a starter. Uh, so he does have some expectations around him as a running back. So I was kind of curious, like, Hey, do you feel any expectations to kind of help your quarterback, you know, kind of get going this year? And last one, we talked about like some other uh, incoming running backs that you're kind of helping up here. But you also have like an, a new quarterback right next to you. What kind of responsibilities do you have to get him ready for the season? Uh, personally, Taylor has done a phenomenal job getting himself ready. Uh, he's put in the most hours I've seen anyone put in. Uh, he's really taken it as a job and he's put in the time and effort. And there's no question that he's going to be ready. It is ready. All right, last group of guys that we got to hit on. Uh, I do. All right. I said 30 minutes. You know, it's all going to sound differently in post-production. I got about three minutes left. So, you know, we're doing pretty good here. But I have 11 names left. Uh, Receivers, J.B. Mitchell, Zach Westmoreland. Zach Westmoreland, of course, uh, he's been more than Mitchell, of course. He has been, like, floating with the ones and with the twos. Um, I mean, I think the ones are the ones, you know, minus minus that aforementioned situation earlier about Drummond. I don't really know there. Um, But Zach Westmoreland. They're definitely going to, like, pepper him into, you know, a starting role as the season goes on. I think he's going to be trusted with a lot more snaps as the season goes on. Um, Yeah, he's just a good, talented target. I do want to see, like, what an elevated version of himself looks like. You know, I don't know what his true potential is as a receiver. He's, you know, a good target and all that stuff, but I don't know how much he'll raise the ceiling for EMU's offense. It's just one of those things where, you know, now that we know who EMU's torchbearers were, now we have to kind of find out who they're going to be moving forward to. Um, Because Taylor Powell's not going to be here next year. Austin Smith, TBD, if he's going to be the starter. Uh, Who knows if Eastern's going to get somebody else out of the portal to start in front of him again. Or if, I don't know if, what I don't don't know what happens. I don't know. Maybe Arch, Arch Manning just, I don't know, flips to Eastern. Who knows? But Westmoreland, a lot of potential in him. J.B. Mitchell, I love him. He's he's really, really fun to watch, number 17. Um, he, he runs with the twos a lot, but he, I think he definitely has starter potential. I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, yeah, he's just really, really electric. Would love, I just want to see him, like, 
catch the ball and get like a little bit of open space and just to see like what he does against like a DB one-on-one um, live. I wonder what that scene would look like. Cause I haven't been able to see that yet, but I think he'd be able to like make some guys look ridiculous out there. A couple guys that I think are going to start at cornerback, Mark Lee, Kempton shine. Both of these guys have three years of eligibility left. Actually, I just need to point this out. Everybody in this last group, Mitchell, Westmoreland, Lee, Shine, and everybody else on this list that you're going to hear either have three or four years of eligibility remaining. So if you're hearing all this and you're like at home and you're reading the roster and you're kind of reading like sophomore, freshman, freshman, sophomore, senior, don't get too don't don't get caught up in all that stuff. Just know the eligibility numbers. That's 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 more important. Uh, but Lee and Shine, you know, Shine is like the the prototypical like you know shorter than like most receivers. He's going to go up against you know probably lighter too, but I love the fight in him. He's not like totally perfect. He's not super polished and all that stuff. But man, does he learn from his mistakes. And man, does he just like get better with every mistake he makes out there. If that makes any sense. Like I love, love the fight in him. Like there's just like no quit. Uh, he's, he's a great, he's, he's just awesome. I, he's a personal favorite for me. Uh, Mark Lee, much lankier, number 17 in-state guy. Uh, he is wearing a hand cast. I don't remember on which hand. I don't have it written down. I'm not even going to look at my notes, but uh, he does have a hand cast right now, but it's not keeping him from playing. He's performing well. He's awesome. He's gonna be do. He's he's gonna do a good job. I like. He's not an in-state guy. He's from Columbus. At linebacker, neither of these guys are starters, but moving forward, at least one of them probably will be. Justin Jefferson probably will be moving forward um, after Sparatio and Klein get out. But Klein's got two years of eligibility. Uh, does Klein have two years of eligibility? Just Klein has two years of eligibility, huh? Um, but Justin Jefferson, I think he's going to grow up into a good role. He's doing pretty well for himself, um, so far. I don't think he's, he's starter good right now, but I think he's definitely growing in into like the, like a starter role down the line, maybe next year. Um, but he's practicing well so far. And so is Zach Mauchan. He's not like the most impressive guy out there. He's, you know, third string linebacker, you know, running with the threes out there. Uh, so I'm not, when the threes are running live, He's not the one position I'm watching. I'm going to be totally honest there. I'm usually line, like watching the guys in the trenches, uh, sometimes offensive line. So my lens is a little bit skewed, but Zach Mountain, it seems like he's been making some plays out there. He's very active out there. Uh, I don't know if that's adding any safety to or any like assurance to him getting onto the field in the future. Maybe not this year, maybe next year, who knows. Uh, but he's at least participating well. I like seeing him out there. Uh, in the line, D-line, Alex Merritt, of course, he's a returning starter. Um, one of the young guys that's been doing well for himself. He got hurt at some point in practice, but he's back on the field, um, you know, in, is in full participation as of, you know, Friday's practice. Uh, Peyton Price, he hasn't had a tackle for loss yet, but he is an interior defensive lineman that saw pretty much every game as a true freshman last year. Uh, yeah, this team's, like, thinks the world of him. So he's, of course, going to have a really big season. Don't be surprised there. And Carter Evans, you know, we were talking about defensive ends earlier. He's a guy that's definitely in contention. Like, I would not be surprised if he ends up being, you know, a late-season long-term answer. You know, and, you know, heaven forbid, if there's any injuries that have to happen to either the defensive ends, I would not be surprised if Carter Evans is, you know, a front-runner candidate to fill in for player X. Andres Paschke, uh, 6'7", 
tight end out of Denmark. Uh, you know, he's, he's practicing pretty well. I, I see him growing up a redshirt freshman. He has a long ways to go. Um, I think he's going to be a fan favorite for sure because he is a six foot seven, 250 pound tight end. That is absolutely how you draw up tight ends. That's exactly what you want in your tight end room. Uh, and so far, he's a pretty good pass catcher. Not excellent, but he's pretty good. You know, I think... I don't know. I just want to say, like, have... have like Be a little bit hesitant with your expectations when it comes to him. Don't think that he's going to be... Um, I don't know. Just, just don't think he's going to be, like, a, a pass-catching tight end extraordinaire out of the gate. I think that's a little extreme of like an expectation or a ceiling to even really like put on him right now. I, you, you don't really know. You just don't know what a ceiling is. You can say anything you want and be like, oh, yeah, I think his potential is uh, EMU Football Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't fucking know. First round draft pick. But just just temper your expectations a little bit. Um, he's still growing into a position that's really hard to grow into. Not to say it hasn't been done before. Like this is, you know, a coaching staff that's proven that they can get guys – from overseas to do well at this position. I'm not going to be surprised when it does happen. Just don't expect it to happen all right away. His front, like, you know, his second year at Eastern Michigan. Um, you know, there's guys in front of him that he have to learn that he'll have to learn from. There's experience for him to be had. Like there's a lot of opportunity for him to see the field. I just don't think that he's going to be, getting all the receptions or all the targets that maybe you might expect heading into the year. Last guy we're going to talk about still has four years of eligibility quarterback, Austin Smith. Uh, right now he's the number two and I think he'll definitely end up being the number two. I think he'll just be the two of the entire season. Um, but there's a lot of growth that has to happen for him between now and the spring of 23. And I hate that, you know, that's the out, you know, that's, that's the lens I'm working with to end this on, but there is a lot that he has to work on with his accuracy. And I think just, I mean, his accuracy, that's like such an easy cop out. That's such an easy cop out, you know, answer to talk about when it comes to the quarterbacks. Um, I'll say processing speed a little bit. Um, and that's not to say like anything like bad about him or anything that's just like a thing he needs to develop as a quarterback is just his processing speed and like getting quicker at his decision making generally um because he is multifaceted he just needs to you know pick something and go sometimes i think uh yes he needs to you know learn how to sit back and get the right read on the defense and make the right throw and all that stuff and that takes many many reps which is why i say it has you know he has to improve on his processing speed. He has to see that many, many times in practice before he actually can put it onto the field and make great decisions downfield and move the offense. He's just not totally there yet. Um, I wonder if his best chance seeing the field this year, because Powell, like Powell's good and all, uh, but you know that this team's going to pepper in both quarterbacks. Like Smith's not going to see 25% of the snaps. Like that's not going to be the case. It won't. It won't be that kind of split even. But I do think Smith is going to play some offense this year because he has a different skill set than Powell. Powell's a much better thrower, but Smith's a much better runner. 
And so I think if Eastern finds itself in some short field situations, I think Smith would be a really good option for that. Um, that you know, they've done before. Like Eastern knows how to run an offense with multiple, you know, like quarterbacks of different skill sets. They've done option quarterbacks before. They've done mobile guys before. They've done guys that can throw on the run and can't throw on the run. They know what plays they can run with Powell and what plays they can't run with Smith. Um, so I think if Eastern wants to open up its playbook more, then that means Smith is going to see the field more. But it's going to have to find itself in, you know, close field situations and maybe situations that they don't honestly want to put Smith in just yet. But they do need to throw him out into the wolves. They do need to put him out into the fire. And they do need him to show that, hey, you know, he's not going through a freshman learning curve. You know, he is a developing sophomore. And the next three years after this are going to be electric because, you know, he's proven himself, but he does need to prove himself. You know, in Smith, you know, in practice, he's doing just fine. But this year, moving forward, knowing his role, knowing, you know, the situations where he can see himself on the field, he just needs to know that he can dominate the limited percentages of snaps that he's going to see in 2022.